Hello, I'm Brad Geddes. WebmasterRadio.fm wants to help you explore the keys to success in your internet marketing and expand your wealth of knowledge. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Download it today from the iTunes Store or Google Play Store. Discover new ways to revolutionize your revenue stream linked right to your smartphone with the new WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Let us help you discover the keys to success, the keys to success in your internet marketing. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, CertifiedKnowledge.org. Overcome the trials and tribulations of the past and let Marketing Nirvana revolutionize your revenue stream and ROI. Prepare to experience Marketing Nirvana right now. Here are your hosts. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Marketing Nirvana. I'm your host, Brad Geddes, the founder of Certified Knowledge, and we're a marketing training and paid search tool set company. On this show, we investigate various ways in which your marketing efforts can reach a state of nirvana. You can find show notes and other information about our guests on CertifiedKnowledge.org. Now, on this show, we often talk about traffic acquisition and conversions, regardless of the person actually doing the work, the management of the account. However, well over half of all paid search accounts are managed in-house. And in-house management brings its own set of challenges to deal with internal teams, meetings, non-AdWords projects or non-paid search projects, etc. So today I have a special guest with me, um, Perna Virji. She manages online marketing at Stroll, which is a company that specializes in language software. And she not only oversees paid search, but also SEO and landing page and conversions and a host of other duties common to in-house marketers. And I've known Perna for a number of years. And over the time, you know, her company has continued to expand and become much more profitable. So we're going to kind of pick her brain a little bit about what makes a successful in-house manager. So welcome, Perna, and thanks for being on the show. Hi, Brad. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, always a pleasure to chat. So just to put it in your own words, can you first, you know, as an in-house manager, tell us a little bit about what your overall duties actually look like? Okay, so I head up under, on the customer acquisition side, I head up all the paid search, of course. Um, I also do the SEO, the display advertising, um, when it relates to Google, some social media, video marketing, <laughs> and a lot. And then I also work on some other channels that increase customer lifetime value. So that includes um, customer retention, post-transactional upsells, and we're also working on an international expansion of all our channels into another country. So we're quite busy. Yeah, so, okay, so that's, that's a lot. How big is your team? Okay, so we are, our marketing team is about seven people full-time in-house, and then we have several um, freelancers as well. But, yeah, it's really small. We're a small team trying to do big things. Which is actually a really common thing to hear these days. I don't think I've ever heard someone in marketing say we're overstaffed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think. <laughs> so, so do you do it all in-house or do you outsource some of it? 
We do a lot of it in-house. We manage the channels, but we do do some of the outsourcing. We do outsource several elements of our program, either if there's some time-consuming or we need some external expertise. So we have a really good balance, I think, we found of doing things internally as well as getting external help through outsourcing agencies or companies. So how do you decide then if you should outsource it or if you should keep it in-house? I think the primary thing we look at is how much time do we have and how much expertise do we have on our team. And then we try to make a business case for the expense. So if we're going to say that, okay, we need to do um, this display ad creation and optimization tests, do we have the team in-house to run all these tests or create all these tests? Um, if not, if we can say that, okay, we're going to spend 5000 this month with this agency to do this, but out of it we will get... Um, about three times as much in terms of profit, then that's a really strong business case. Um, the, really, the other thing we do is we have very aggressive goals for the growth of each of our channels, um, and we have to hit the ground running each month, otherwise it's really difficult to meet. So then we look at the things that we can have the time to do in-house, or if we have the knowledge for um, then if we don't have time, we look at the things that we could give out. For example, with SEO, I give out link building to an agency because it's very time-consuming, but we can remain hands-on with the strategy. Or finally, if we're exploring like new endeavors, then we look for somebody who has some expertise. So that way, we don't waste any time doing things wrong. We'll just go about it the right way because we'll get the expertise. So do you ever find that you really, really like your channel and decide that you need to bring it in the house? Or do you say that, wow, they're really good at this. It's it's nice profitable line. We can expand stuff. Therefore, we should keep outsourcing it. Do you ever kind of – how often do you look if you should bring something in-house? We look at that often, especially if it's something that's quite expensive each month. And we look at it and be like, is my time better spent managing this and making – you know, X amount of profit each month, or could my time be better used on this other channel while I still stay hands-on? I mean, I'm geekily in love with all the channels that I work on. I really passionately love what I do. And even if I'm not hands-on, I want to stay involved with the strategy. So we work with good consultants and agencies who can give us a little advice, do some of the hands-on work, but we can talk strategy all the time. So there is a case to bring things back in-house, but for the most part, look at what else you have going on and where else your time can be better spent. So then, since you have several outsource companies you're working with, how do you monitor the outsource work? I think the biggest thing we do first is that we set goals um, each month for them, so that way no one is going you know, blind, out there blind and just doing their own things and see what we can do. We try to set at the start of each month, we'll set goals and then we'll agree on we want to do this, so here are the strategies that we can take and here are the tactics involved. So if we all agree on them, then everyone's on the same page and everyone can be held accountable. Like whether it's me, if I'm supposed to give something, um, if I'm supposed to give ads to the agency to, to roll in for a test, if I don't do that, I'm, I'm the cause, the reason for the failure. So everyone on the team is held accountable. And then I also recommend that I have regular meetings or updates from the team. One, I, if I try to have a weekly phone call, even if it's 10, 15 minutes, and if that doesn't happen, I'll say, hey, just send me an email. What do we do this week? How's it going? Do that. So, <clears throat> And I've also found, cause when I worked at an agency before, that it makes for a much better client-consultant relationship if 
the clients are more involved. You know, we always found that it's so much more exciting when you're working with somebody who, who sees what you're doing, who likes what you're doing, and is really involved in the strategy. So we try to find a good balance. No, that that makes sense, right? Because I, I work with agencies all the time, and yeah. and a a educated client makes for a better client, right? And and if you're actually running the education, saying here's what we want to do, that actually again makes almost for a better agency. Same relationship, just different sides of the coin. Um, so when you outsource work, right? So often you you see something that maybe you don't have in-house expertise for, and so you decide to outsource it. And, and if you have revenue goals, that's one thing. You can you know, see are they hitting the goals or are they not. That, that's fairly straightforward. But do you feel you should have some knowledge in-house of you know, what's the best practice or how you should do things so you can at least understand what they're doing? Yes, absolutely. No, I think you're 100% correct, Brad. It's, I think it's really, really important for you um, as the client to gain an understanding of the best practices and just the general workings of the program before you outsource it. I mean, you don't have to be completely familiar with the nitty-gritty, the, the intense, detailed, technical aspects of it, but just knowing what works and which KPIs to pay attention to is, is very helpful. I mean, we say, just to give you an example, if we're looking to find, you know, work with an ad server now, I mean, that's something we haven't really done if we're looking. You want to see what actually works best, but you have an understanding of how it's going to serve, what is the impression capping, what are the limits, and so on. You should know that, and then that client is a powerful ally for the consultant, and it builds a much stronger relationship so your work can get done better. So a lot of information obviously is flowing through you then. Um, so how do you, you know, make sure – you mentioned phone calls earlier, but how do you make sure that everyone knows – what they need to know without getting kind of overwhelmed with email, right? That's always the, the struggle today is too many emails or too many meetings. You have a oh, you know, I know. I... people or, or how do you manage that part, right? I know. It, it is a lot. I mean, not only do I work with multiple different consultants, but also internal members on my team, but also I have to report to, to senior management on all the progress of all my different programs. So I think what I do is with the consultants, I try to work with them to set up a weekly update, either in the form of a phone call or an email, just so we're all aware of what they're doing. If there's any issues, um, then they'll know. But I find the best thing that we do is for the internal team here, whether it's, it, it could include senior management, it could include um, other channel managers or anyone who's interested, I do two things. First, I try to set up um, a fixed weekly meeting schedule. And we use this time, it's about 60 minutes on a fixed date each week, and we have a set agenda. And I really find that having this agenda, people will want to come because they'll, they'll know that time's not being wasted, and they're genuinely interested. So we use this time to look at the progress till date. So we look at the daily report for the month as well as the trend and see, okay, what works? And if this works, how do we do it better? How do we do more of it? or this isn't working, what do we do? What are things that we need to pay attention to? So then we can talk about all of that, answer any questions. If we're running any tests, I'll report on the test results and set some timeline expectations. But another thing really I find is helpful with this time is to get everybody to brainstorm. <laughs> if everyone's in the same room and they have time to think about it, then we usually, I brainstorm ideas for tests, like what do you think about this ad or so on. And funny, so apart from meetings, 
I try to think proactively because we would get like different people coming to us all the time being like, hey, what's happening here? How is this doing? So I just find it's just easier. I stick one email and I send it out like three or four times a week of progress, what's happening in the channel, and then what else is happening with any tests if I'm running. And that way everyone's like, yeah, she's on top of it. I know what's going on in her channel. There's much more trust that I can, um, that I'm on top of everything. And it also saves my time and provides the team with um, updates they can sort of digest at their own pace. And just one weekly meeting, that's all. That's perfect. Excellent. So, you know, when when you look at the stereotypes, right, of, of in-house versus agency, the, the stereotype from an agency standpoint as well, they're in-house, so they can just coordinate all this stuff really easily and just try things. But for an agency, our problem is that we have to go and get buy-in for these things. And if you're in-house, right, you're, you're kind of saying the same thing. Well, we can't just do this. We need buy-in from stuff before we can actually get it done. And, and I always find that in-house and agency people look at each other like almost envious of, oh, we're an agency, so we don't need buy-in. <laughs> we just try things out. In-house people are like, no, no, we still make business case scenarios. Um, and, and so I think what we're going to do in this, if you're an agency listening, actually this is really important because you got to work with your in-house people who have to get buy-in, is we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, let Perna think about – this simple question, well, it's not really simple, but how do you really get buy-in from management? Um, if you're an agency, how do you get a client to buy in from you? We'll take a break and then we'll come back and, and visit that question. More marketing nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment.
injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana, presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. So we're back talking with uh, Perna about in-house management. And one of the, the big questions, no matter if you're an in-house person or agency, is how do you get management buy-in to make things happen? So, Perna, what's your secret sauce here, or is there a secret sauce? There is some secret sauce, and I really think it's all about how you ask the question. So if I can do a little interlude. My son's five, and he learned a long time ago that throwing tantrums doesn't really work, and he won't get his way. So picture it's 10 o'clock at night, way past bedtime. He'll come to me and go, Mommy, I love you so much. And he'll give me this big hug and kiss and tell me you look so beautiful. So, of course, my heart's melted, and then he'll say, now can I watch Scooby-Doo? And, of course, I'm not going to say no. So <laughs> he gets his way. So it's really all about how you ask the question. And I worked at an agency. I worked with, like, you know, scores of clients before, and now I'm in-house. So you have a fine line of understanding it. So I think the biggest thing is you want to do is speak um, the language of management because whether you're in-house or you're with an agency, you, you need time and budget. So those are things you have to ask for. So <clears throat> I really find that doing some sort of research before and tying everything in terms of profits, that, okay, if I'm going to do this, 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 we're going to see this much in profits. And the big thing you have to do to make sure you get the yes every time, and I, I do this, um, it, it works really well, I can definitely guarantee this, do a lot of the legwork. I mean, hey, if you're coming up with strategies, you should have done some research into whether the strategy will work or not. Do come up with this in your list. So showcase all the research and put it down in terms of the metrics. You can say that I'm going to see if you want to launch test different ads that will get you a much higher um, profit eventually. First, you need to get more click-through rate, and then you need to make sure that your um, conversion per impression is also, like your profit per impression is also high, so you can do that. So then you know you're going to need a week's worth of testing of impressions to reach significance for click-through rate, and then another week to reach significance for conversion rate. So now you can sort of judge that I'm going to need budget for two weeks' worth of testing for this many impressions. So this way you can estimate your numbers, showcase how much time and money is needed, what you could lose from these tasks because things can go wrong, and then how much you could ultimately gain. If you can do, look at any strategy that you want to propose from every different angle, then this way management is also reassured that you have a firm grip on things, you understand the risks, you know what could happen, and and you've sort of found the way to get the, the, the win from it. So then they'll be more likely to give it to you. <coughs> also, if you are presenting your case to management, you want to be prepared for every question that they could ask. So always think in terms of the so what question to every statement. Say if you want to tell them, I'm going to test this, well, so what? And then you can say, well, because of this, and so what? So you want to do this until there's no more answers to the so what question. You've covered everything. That way you know when you present it to them, you can give them really firm, intelligent answers, and you will get the right answer that you want. 
So even if like something's hot, right? Like mobile right now. If you went to management and said, "Hey, we should do mobile. Everyone knows we should do mobile. Let's just do it." Right? They they would look at you and laugh, right? Or or maybe not laugh, but but you would always put numbers behind everything, even if it's something that seems like it's a, a no-brainer to try. Is that right? Yes, mobile. Everybody's talking about this, and you know you don't want to just do it because everybody else is doing it. That would be foolish. I would say the best thing to do in this case is then look at how many impressions are being served on a mobile device that you are missing out from desktop traffic only. So you can see the big gap and then you want to look at, try to investigate what are benchmark figures for average click-through rate on mobile devices, what are average conversion rates. So that way you can just put together a little case using all these different numbers of how much potential profit you could make. Uh, you also want to think about what's involved. Do you want to make just one mobile landing page to test out before you invest in a whole website? What's the good uh, way that you can up the conversion rate on a mobile landing page? So you want to think this through in different ways. Who will you talk to? Who will help? Will you need design? How much budget do you want to put towards testing? So just look through those scenarios, put it together. You can come up with your numbers better. Okay, so when you, you have all these scenarios, you end up with more things than you could actually do, right? We all have more stuff we want to test than, than we could ever get done this year. So so then the next step really is prioritization, right? And for an agency, you're, you kind of prioritize some with the client itself. But from the client side or from the in-house side, how do you – if you've got all these ideas, how do you prioritize what you really need to do versus kind of want to do someday? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that's also the problem of being in-house because the sky's the limit. You don't have, like – 40 hours a month to work on this account. So, you know, you can do display, you can do search, you can do ad testing, landing page. I mean, each one takes love, care, and attention and time. And I think none of us have any surplus of time. So what we really do well here at the, at the company is we think of it in terms of the 80-20 rule. So try and focus on the 20% of things that we could do that could yield 80% of the profits and really everything in life can fall under the 80-20 rule. There's even a book about it, um, which we read. So what we try to do is then take all our given strategies or tactics for the month and list them out. And then we'll put them in, in a couple of different columns. And we'll also add in, okay, here's what we can do. How much time will it take? Um, how many estimated profits? You know, how much are the estimated profits from this? How much time do we think this could achieve? What are the costs? Because some things will involve maybe designers or additional testing costs. And what are the different resources? As well as what's the degree of risk? Um, say display campaign optimizer. It could work really well for some people. It hasn't worked so well in other cases if we wanted to, to test that. I mean, it's really quick to do. It's a button, essentially. Um, <clears throat> the profits could be big if it works. But again, it's, it's high risk. So how much are you willing to do? And then I rank these items really in order based on the maximum opportunity size, but which are the ones that are fastest to achieve and have the least degree of risk. Um, so once I have those items, I think that's really, really helpful. But I also do this little bit of Excel math. I mean, I love math. I love Excel. We're, we live in it a lot. Um, I sort of list in a spreadsheet my control scenario with all the numbers, and then I will copy-paste those scenarios below, um, say for like five strategies if I have them, and then I will manipulate the numbers based on my assumptions. So say if I was trying to look to cut costs and lower CPCs, you'd also assume that you'd lower impressions, so then you just 
manipulate those numbers in the Excel spreadsheet, and then you'd see what actually profit you could realize. And I, I have a, an article coming up about this, about using Excel to prioritize that, um, coming up next month in Search Engine Watch. So, so oh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, we will. We will definitely throw a link up to that with uh, the notes or just the show notes. So, all right. So, you have all these the, these scenarios and ideas, and in isolation, they make a lot of sense. But one of the you know, if agencies are envious of in-house, it's in the integration of multiple channels. So you have these new images, and you're not just on your website. They're going to go into your banner campaign and your email campaign, or you've come up with some new way to position a product. So now you have website plus email plus banner plus search ads, and there's this coordination that can happen among a lot of channels that it's harder sometimes for agencies to do if they only, especially if they only handle one aspect of the, of the, the marketing for a company. So when you think of the multi-channel integration and you think of your scenarios, when do you consider that? Or is it that you test first and say, if it works, then we'll integrate it? Do you do you build it into the risk threshold to begin with? At, at, you know, what point in time does that cross-channel integration conversation come up in the company or in, in the scenario planning? Well, we try and plan for it. You know, we are really encouraged to be very involved just in knowing what's happening in all the other channels. So we can so see if I want to do some kind of mobile campaign, then I know, hey, sometimes a landing page, people are, some stats have shown that people are more likely to call um, than convert. But again, it's just in our scenario that we were looking at it. So then we'd go and say that, okay, we need to probably staff up extra for these, um, if the call center can't handle this. Or we'll try to ask the call center if we know something's happening, um, can they tell us things that we can use to help us. So that's the good thing about being in-house because you know a little bit of what's going on in other channels if you have company meetings or if you know there's another channel that can sort of help you a little bit to say with, with the call center can help us with quick to call or, or mobile um, campaign. So then we'll sort of go to her and ask them, like, what all can be done? What can we work on together? Just so we have an idea of what the universe looks like. And then we'll, then we have to go and prioritize when we plan out how we're going to roll out our project. If it's something high risk, then we sort of just test it on a smaller scale first without involving other channels or other divisions of the company. But if it's something that we would like to roll out more robustly, then we can start that together. So to answer your question, I think it's really good that you have some idea of what the universe looks like, what your possibilities are before you go off with anything, so then you can easily scale. Okay. No, that makes sense. It's always one of those that it's it, it's sometimes hard from the the agency standpoint to see how it works, and of course, in-house. So, so let's do this. Um, I have a, a burning question that every in-house person should care about and every agency should too, talking about what happens if you have good or bad news, and bad news is the tough one. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors and then get tips on how to deliver um, bad news because it's going to happen with all these tests inside your company. More Marketing Nirvana after we thank our sponsors. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? 
Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Podcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Injecting new life into your internet marketing. Welcome back to Marketing Nirvana. Presented by CertifiedKnowledge.org. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Alright, so we're back talking with Aparna about in-house management. And and we're almost we're getting close to the end of our show, but one something I find really important is you you mentioned earlier the position of information matters a whole lot at the beginning of the show. So if something fails, right, you put your case scenarios and it's not what it was supposed to be, how do you tell your boss that? Well, I think some failure is inevitable. You know, you want to be doing a lot of testing always. Remember, I think you always say, Brad, in your book that always be testing and it's something that's very true. So I would say the first time if you notice something's going wrong, they're falling to bits, you won't meet your goal. You know, you just there's nothing you can do. It's not the best situation for you to be in, but there, there's a way that you can deliver it, and, and it will still be okay. I think the first thing you want to do is be honest and upfront. I think nothing can go wrong if you are directly just honest about it and taking ownership. So I would say the first thing is send out an email or have a phone call or set up a meeting, depending on the severity of the situation with the with the with management, whether it's your with your client or your or your senior manager, and then just. Put your notes together, do a little research and put your thoughts together, write a little summary of the problem, you know, you know what went wrong, why did it happen, how much is it costing you, what have you done about it so far, and what are the next steps that are needed to turn things around, and also be really clear about the time frame that you expect 
recovery in. So as long as you have all these steps outlined, people will, again, still have trust with you that, okay, this didn't work, but you are on top of it. You found out what's gone wrong, and you've already taken steps to fix it, and you've identified what's needed to be done. And there's also a silver lining. If something doesn't work, there's always learning to be gleaned from the exercise, and which will help your future efforts. So nothing is ever a complete wash. That's, I would really say... Yeah. So, so I find a lot of times in companies there's meetings about bad news stuff, right? But here's the here's the flip side. If something was really successful and they they blew away your projected numbers and it's super profitable, do you do the same thing, or right? do you say you call a meeting and say, "Hey, we made a bunch more money," or is it going to reports, right? How do you report really good news too? Oh, you have to. I think you know we all work really, really hard. And I think whether we're we're five years old or or no matter how old we are, I think we all want the little literal or figurative gold star. So, you, know, you should you deserve a pat on your back because you've worked really hard for it. So yes, I I always send out something that will be like, hey, you know, these were our projected goals, but you know, these were the strategies that were implemented, and this is how much more um, profit we've made from this. We've done so much better than we had planned. Um, also, in that email or in that meeting, I would say thank all the people on the team who contributed. It's never a solo effort, and I think that also helps good good team morale, too, because everyone will be willing to work that much hard for you because you recognize their work. Um, but, yeah, you should send the email out. The same thing, send a little report that, hey, this is what we had planned. This is what we actually ended up achieving. Here's what we did, and here's what we're going to do in the future to continue to capitalize on this. Um, that's doing really well. No, I, I can't agree more. In fact, I have this kind of rule when I work with, with, with people of like you can never – if you're a team leader, you should never take credit for the work. You should always pass yeah. it to the employees, and a good employer will see that your team's always successful, and it kind of like the team pushes you up. Um, so we're almost out of time. So any last final words of wisdom? Well, I think the one advice that I found that I was given and it's helped me a lot is this thing called always believe that your bucket is empty and there is a way to get it done. A lot of times we're so overwhelmed and so busy with either different clients or different channels. And really the best strategy is to believe that anything, that you can do it and there is a way. And then you will find, you will find the strategies come to you. So Excellent. Very good. So um, thanks. This has been, this has been wonderful. Um, where can people find you online? Well, they can follow me on Twitter at Purna Virji or add me on LinkedIn, just LinkedIn.ian, um, front slash IN, front slash uh, my first and last name. Or you can add me on Google Plus as well. I'm also Purna Virji there. So I'm sure you'll have the links with the correct spelling. Yeah, and, and the show notes will have the correct links everywhere to, uh, to find you as well. Well, thanks, Purna. Uh, that was wonderful. Well, thank you, Brad. It was a pleasure and an honor to be on the um the show with you. Perfect. And um, thank you, listeners, for joining us for yet another episode of Mark and Nirvana. As a reminder, the show notes and other information about our guests can be also be found on certifiedknowledge.org. New episodes of Mark and Nirvana can be found on Mondays at noon Eastern, at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find the archives or past episodes at webmaster.fm, Stitcher, iTunes, or the webmaster.fm iPhone app or Google Play. So pretty much everywhere. Thank you for listening.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.